Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We're joined today by our first current pro hockey player that we've had on so far, Ethan Warwick or Ruick Wei is his Chinese name, Chinese Olympian, current Kunlun Red Star forward, Czechia League champion as well, 69 career at KHL points, had to throw that one in there as well. Ethan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. So to get started, I just wanted to, to get into the first thing, the Olympic. The tournament was like very, very good hockey, obviously. Unfortunately, the NHL players couldn't go, but it was still an incredible tournament. I wanted to get your experience on that and just your thoughts on that Olympic tournament, what it was like to be a part of that. It was incredible uh, to be a part of the Olympics. It's the standard answer of, you know, it's amazing. It's the coolest experience. You're just there with the most incredible athletes. And uh, uh, it was being in the village, seeing how all these, you know, athletes from different disciplines kind of go throughout their day. And uh, with China kind of being locked down, everyone ate at the dining hall around the same time. And uh, we were able to go to other events, which was really neat. And uh, yeah, it was you know, something I'll never forget. That, that's really cool to hear because I was actually curious. I actually had a question written down about experiencing the village and, and being there with other athletes. It's like, were you able to like pick up a few things from other athletes in different disciplines that you now implement in your routine or something along those lines? Or just you kind of just had fun mingling with everyone? Uh, I, I had more fun just kind yeah. of with everyone. Of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just it, going, through, going through the village. Like I like mm-hmm. to think I wake up pretty early and kind of start my day, but I'd wake up and you'd have like the speed skaters biking around the village, like doing their morning, but they bike like three, four times a day. It's crazy. Jeez, and yeah. the, the legs they have on them are like just absurd. So, um, you know, going in the, the, the dining hall, just seeing how, you know, everyone kind of keeps their, their teams and everyone's wearing their team uniforms and yeah. track suits and stuff. And uh, when you go to the competitions, you have, all the different disciplines cheering on their team and stuff so that was uh that was really cool yeah nice and um so you obviously represented china when you played for uh for the olympics just wondering what it's like playing in china because the olympics were were in beijing right and uh you also play for kunlun as we mentioned earlier what's it like kind of playing in china in, in a country that's not really known for hockey and what's it like kind of carving a path for their youth and growing the game of hockey in china uh it's been it's been really cool uh i guess four years ago we were in beijing uh i knew some people from toronto so i went and saw some minor hockey in china mm-hmm. there's there's rinks everywhere in china the game is huge you go in the gthl to any minor hockey game i guarantee you there's going to be a chinese uh mainland chinese kid on each team almost now and uh so the game has really grown, and it's it's pretty cool to see uh, playing at home for the Olympics. Yeah, I knew it was going to be really exciting, but where it kind of hit me was our first practice. The dressing room would probably be about a five-minute walk from where the rink is. You kind of do like this long zigzag. And from the second we left the dressing room all the way to the, uh, to the ice surface, the volunteers lined the hallway and cheered us on. And that happened every day for practice. And it was, it was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And uh, that was, uh, that really kind of set the tone where I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. That is awesome. 
getting hyped up for just a practice even. Damn. Oh, yeah. NHL yeah, teams I can't was, even get that for their games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the next practice, I think I was two Red Bulls in before. So I, 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 I had to get going. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, so I did have a question. Um, I wanted to get into a, a little bit about your path to the, uh, where you are now. So obviously you, you played Stouffville Spirit, Kingston Frontenacs for junior hockey, and then you made the transition straight into the AHL after being a, a second round pick to New York and then getting traded from New York to, um, I think it was Phoenix, I guess they were called at the time. I just wanted to get, what was the, the transition like going from junior to the AHL? I, it was a big jump uh, in many ways. Uh, I think I was really naive and didn't really uh, know know a lot, but I think I thought I knew a lot. And uh, so leaving junior, you can get away with a lot of things. Uh, this kind of skill takes you. I always worked hard, but I don't think I always worked uh, as smart as I, as I should have. Uh, and uh, the mental side of you know, you're with your, you go from playing, you know, 16 to 20 year olds. Then I remember that first year, uh, I think there was like, after the game, we go to the, the players lounge or whatever, there'd be like 20 kids running around. Like uh, most of our team was married with kids and stuff. And uh, I didn't even know how to I mess up making toast. Like I didn't even know how to turn on a you know frying pan or anything. I was just, so it was it was kind of a big eye opener in many ways, and uh, it's kind of the adversity from going playing a lot my whole career, and I've never played a game where I played you know four minutes a night or five minutes a night, and uh, it just it, it was hard to kind of transition, and I think I was stubborn in uh, my ways for sure, and uh, it took a, it took a while for me to kind of adapt to uh, pro hockey. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when you want to call up your your billet mom from Kingston, be like, "Hey, you want to move down to Portland?" <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, I, I, she, she might have, she might have, uh, but it would have. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was so raw and uh, just kind of, you know, looking back now, really clueless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we I, we've said it on the podcast so many times. I mean, like you you take kids that are six foot seven, you think like, oh, with that size, it's going to be an easy transition into pro. But then they end up in the ECHL because they can't really produce. I mean, because think about it, their whole career, they're three heads above everyone. And now, you know, everyone kind of catches up. So that is a, a very good point that uh, that you made there that really should be clear with uh, everyone. Um, so then I wanted to ask you about um after portland you're able to you end up in providence there your your coach is current vegas golden knights head coach bruce cassidy i just wanted to get an idea what was it like playing under bruce cassidy there uh probably one of the smartest head coaches i've ever played for uh ran a great practice uh communication wise uh he's he's very tough he's a very very tough coach um, I, and but very smart very smart hockey mind running great practice but uh very kind of dry very right to the point um but yeah really really smart hockey mind I mean, we do see it in, we did see it in boston i mean all of those points there all 
you know, even from the fans' perspective, you were able to see it. But um, so from 1516 to 1718, it was a quite the roller coaster for you, I want to say. So you ended up with an ECHL contract in Florida. You were able to earn an AHL contract with Charlotte and stick with the team throughout the year. The next year, same thing, ECHL contract to AHL. And then the third year, Kunlun tryout to Belleville. And then I believe you were cut from Belleville and then able to come back and stick with the team the whole time. I just wanted to kind of say, how did you kind of muster up the, the mental fortitude to, to push through all of that? Because that's, that, like, that's incredible to me to see that. Yeah, it, it was a lot. Um, I remember, so after that year in Providence, uh, I had, I couldn't even get an AHL tryout and, uh, uh, my trainer at the time gave me the best advice. And, uh, he said, you can, you know, you can go to the ECHL and you can go there think like, Oh, you know, what am I doing here? I'm too for this league. Like, you know, the, all this and he said, you'll do okay, but you, you know, it won't, you won't go anywhere. You'll play a year there won't get called up and you'll enjoy your time but if that's what you want no problem but by the sounds of it and what you've been doing all summer you want to you know work your way back up so you he gave me the advice of going down there and being grateful for everything and acting like a rookie like picking up pucks uh you know not not you know uh complaining or anything like that and uh you know, it, it, it was a big change. It was a, you know, that was, that was my first time playing in the ECHL. Um, and I'm like, you know, in the AHL, if there's no whole wheat pasta or something, guys are complaining or things like that. I remember my first uh, game, the pregame meal was two slabs of lasagna. One was meat, one was cheese. And I was like, oh, okay, this is different now. And so, uh, so I went down there just kind of, you know, I, picked up pucks every time I double up on the bus sometimes I just just to kind of keep my that mindset of just being grateful and uh just you know being a rookie having that fire and uh I did well down there I got my confidence back was able to score a lot and uh went up to Charlotte and uh yeah I was stuck there for the year it was pretty it was it was good I loved playing in Charlotte and then kind of the fast forward I was at the next year I was at Leafs camp and uh I did all right there. And then next thing you know, they had, you know, a thousand guys there that got sent down to the Marlies and all and stuff. So uh, I ended up in Texas and again, was the, started on a tryout stuck there. And uh, in Belleville was, I was there on a tryout, got cut. And then they called me a few days later and said that they, they needed a guy. And I think my first game, I had three or four points and, uh, I signed a tryout and ended up sticking there. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a wild run and uh, uh, definitely mentally uh, mentally draining at times. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm definitely kind of proud of myself of kind of being at the bottom of you know that year in Florida, starting at the very bottom of my probably my hockey career and kind of climbing my way up from there. That's awesome. So you did mention it. And this is a Leafs podcast. We got to ask about some some details about uh, that experience at Leafs camp. Like, who were you on the ice with during that time? Uh, I believe I saw you were on the ice with Frankie Corrado, who we've had uh, who we've had on this show. Uh, give us some details. 
I, I remember that it was kind of just a few days after free agency opened up uh, and I wasn't really expecting much. And I got a call from my agent and said, oh, the, you know, Kyle Dubas called and was interested. He saw you play and liked, liked your game and thinks you'd be good in the Marlies. And I was like, wow, okay, of course, uh, be, be at home. That'd be amazing. Um, I ended up, I just signed a tryout contract because I, I knew they had a lot of guys. I didn't want to be stuck in a contract and, uh, uh, you know, deal with that. And I, I kind of like betting on myself and, and I just figured I would do, do well. And uh, it was, it's amazing what they have there. They give players everything and more. I've never, like you go in there, there's like, you, you open up the fridge. I've never seen so much food in my life. Like they have meals here. They have this here. They have sticks. They have. It's like it's it's crazy. And then they, the the uh, development team, like the skill development team there, uh, Daryl Belfry is a really smart hockey mind. Yes. And uh, yes. uh, yeah, and uh, he, I got to work with him a few times. Really, like I still think of a lot of the things oh. he kind of brought up to today and uh uh yeah everyone was just really nice and i i knew you know, i've known frankie for a long time peter holland was there at the time mm -hmm. so uh, mm -hmm. i've known him for my whole life we played together and stuff so uh yeah it was it was definitely it was a really fun experience we did training camp in uh, halifax that year so uh, that was that was, cool. yeah. that was that was awesome um so there's yeah no doubling up on the bus with the leaps i'm guessing right they they took uh that was the other funny thing they took two planes out to halifax and <laughs> it was like again you know you definitely probably could have fit everyone on one plane but yeah, it was it was pretty cool they're you know, the leafs are obviously you know the first class organization uh and they they give you everything and more it was it was really cool yeah and you mentioned Kyle Dubas gave you that call and you didn't even play for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. So that's a, another kudos to you there. You mentioned also good, Dale, that's a, Dale that, Belfry. That's a, that's a strong yeah. trend. I know, I know. I always have to, I always love to bring it up and spot it when, yeah. uh, whenever we see it. You mentioned Dale Belfry though. He's, uh, I've been listening to that podcast and I mean, I can't imagine what he was the detail that he knows and the little nuances like that he would have brought you through. Like, do you have any, any, any details with, uh, with Daryl that you learned there? That you can uh, yeah, there was, there was a few things just kind of uh, the way that he kind of breaks down the game and uh, it's just and number one, he's a great guy and really smart. Just, using kind of shifting your body with the puck using that momentum to bring yourself forward and not everything is straight lines you kind of see Matthews where he's it's a lot of crossovers throughout you know up and down and using the momentum of wherever the puck's coming from shifting his body with that to get up the ice and uh it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to kind of implement it in a game and uh just work on that skill throughout throughout practice he's it's uh it's really really again really smart hockey mind we kind of went through your journey th to the uh like through the ahl through the H echl and, and back to the, the khl and i was just wondering like you've played in many different leagues what's the skill gap like comparing 
the KHL to like the AHL? Like how, how does that kind of compare uh, in your eyes? Uh, th- there's a lot of skill here in the KHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AHL, it's tough to answer that question because there's two parts of the AHL. My first mm-hmm. few years uh, pre-lockout and then after the lockout because it was two different leagues. Like I remember my first couple of years, I would get uh, pulled in the coach's office for not stopping to get into a scrum in front of the net. And you were basically guaranteed whenever there was a whistle, you're getting punched in the face. It was just, it was the game. It was, I remember my first year, we had three bench brawls. And, uh, it was it's nuts. It was, it was complete chaos. And uh, obviously the hockey was still very good. There was great players I got to play with, uh, you know, those for a couple of years. Chris Connors, uh, Tim Kennedy, uh, there's a couple of guys that were kind of up and down, but were unbelievable players, and Andy Mealy. Uh, but later on, I remember Elville just stopping in front of the neck, being a guy and getting a penalty. And I was like, what the heck? And coach brought me in, can't take this bad penalty. And I remember looking at the video like, six years ago if I didn't do this I was getting in trouble and sat for it it, just, it changed uh, it really changed a lot like I'm not a tough guy by any means I'm very good at taking a punch but um yeah it's uh it, it definitely changed a lot but in, in Russia now there's kind of this misconception where it's like oh it's all skill it's pretty soft where it couldn't be further from the truth um everyone thinks of it that way because they used to play on Olympic ice here now I think 75% of the league is NHL arenas and the remaining ones are uh, finished. So it's just a little wider, same length. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no more Olympic size. And so it's really a lot more condensed and you have these guys flying around who grew up their whole life, not really be able to be as physical because you try to be physical on Olympic ice. You're, you have to have iron lungs and uh, you get out of position really quick, but now it's really defensive. You'll see the top score might be at a point of game. Um, and it's re- really physical. And you see some guys, um, you see some guys are really skilled. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'd say definitely the KHL would be a, you know, ahead of the AHL, especially now, where the AHL is predominantly kind of development, young, uh, things like that. But um I guess maybe maybe it's a biased opinion. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that's I think that's a fair 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 thing to say, and it you can tell just by the product that comes out of the KHL too. Just coming over from uh, KHL to the NHL, we've seen like guys like McKayev do do really well in, in the NHL, and we're going to see. I'm I'm forgetting his name right now, but he signed to Vancouver. Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko. Yeah, thank you. It's going to be interesting to see those guys. Yeah, oh, come over. Oh, those he's guys. a player. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, you got, you got a little insight for oh, us. Yeah, a little he, nugget about him. He's good. Yeah. Was I remember when uh, Kaprizov signed, I was, uh, I was telling uh, Michael Delzato, I was, I was like, this guy's going to put up a point a game. He's, mm-hmm. he's unbelievable. And he was like, so hard. He's like a first year guy. He's like, he's like, there's no way he puts up a point a game. And he put up, <laughs> he was like, yeah. like, I told you, he's, he's like, he's yeah. so good. He was yeah. unbelievable. He, he by far the, one of the best players I've ever played against. He, Interesting. he like a small, he's not overly big. He's kind of like, mm-hmm. He's got a bit of a baby face, but he he doesn't go down. He's just he's 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 so strong on his skates. Yeah, he's he's a player. 
Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sorry Joe, I'm just gonna ask you to quickly put your scouting hat on. This might be like a tough question, might be catching <laughs> you off guard. Do you have any guy like that who you think is not really on people's radar who's playing in the KHL right now who might have a chance to come over in the future? Any player that you've played against who's like kinda tough to play against that you could see potentially who's young in the KHL and may have a future in the NHL? Uh I'm blanking on the names, but there's a few guys on the Red Army team that are mm-hmm. the Red Army team has a couple guys that are really good. Um, and then uh, the young kid, I forget his name. Mitchkov. Uh, he's supposed to go. Uh, Mitchkov. He's he's for he's for real. He's for real. He's gonna wow. be a good, really good player. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to skip back yeah. so far, but you mentioned that like pre-lockout. Um, coach will bring you in. Like if you don't get into a scrum here, you're, you're taking a seat on the bench. Um, did that sort of coaching lead you to fight Steve Oleski? Uh, I think it was your second career fight. <laughs> um, I think I was just trying to be a good teammate. Uh, <laughs> I remember that fight and uh, the, took a run at our top guy, Andy Mealy. And uh, it was again playing third fourth line mostly fourth line not really getting much and just trying to get on the coach's good side so i remember hopping on i called meals off like i I hopped on to go after him and i heard him in the background he was like where's he no i guess he played with him in college and i uh i didn't realize that um yeah he had concrete for hands so yeah that was uh i think i was eating baby food for a few days after that one (laughs) You were holding in nicely. And then I was like, I looked up Oleski after. I knew, kind of knew he was a tough guy. And I was like, that's a, that was a, yeah. that was a bold fight to, to be thrown out there. But uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just glad that it's not, it's like, uh, it's like filmed on like a Blackberry. It's not an HD, yeah. so it doesn't look as bad. Exactly. Exactly. In terms of, we, we skipped over it a little bit. I wanted to go into uh, the Czech League Championship and what that, what that experience was like to, to win a pro championship. Like, it must have been incredible. Yeah, yeah that was you know, probably one of the cool. That is the coolest experience of my life. Uh, it was unbelievable. I, I remember going. That was my first time playing in Europe, and got a call on a Friday from uh, from my European agent who I didn't know I had, and was like, "Oh, I have a contract offer for you in the city," and. It's in the, the Czech League. I was like, oh, I was in Prague last summer. This would be great. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Um, talked to the coach and GM on a Saturday, and they sent me my flight info for Sunday. And I looked, and I'm like, why am I flying to Poland? And I get to the town, the flying to Poland, and an hour and a half drive to this town. And it was like on the other side of the Czech Republic, five hours from Prague, 30,000 people, steel town. I was like, what the heck is going on? And then the first game I played there sold out, you know, fans are banging on drums. There's flares going. I was like, this is unbelievable. And ended up being the greatest, the greatest thing ever. I, I loved every second of it. Um, and the most amazing fans, best hockey organization, really good people. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. It was, it, it was the most incredible experience by far. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of, from what I've heard from the European, like going from North America to Europe, it is, it is dicey. I couldn't imagine showing up in this small town and being like, where, like, where the hell am, am I right now? Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like 
go to restaurants. There was no, there was no English at all. And like, there's more English here in Moscow than there is in that town. And uh, I wouldn't know. I would like, uh, I look on a menu and uh, I would, they would kind of explain the menu to me and I would hear the word cutlet and I'd be like, all right, yeah, okay, good. And I'd say cutlet for four days in a row. And each day I'd get something there. I'd get chicken, I'd get fish. I'd get, <laughs> I would know. I, 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 and like, it was like, I would have no idea. I'd just be rolling the dice. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we wanted to get into some quick ones here. Uh, toughest forward you've played against in your career. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, uh, doesn't have to be physically, sorry, I was just gonna say it doesn't have to be physically strong. could be like skill, just t someone tough to play against. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that, uh, yeah, I do it. Uh, when I was playing in Texas, uh, in San Antonio was that Rantanen. Uh, in oh. Colorado now, yeah, he was he was like a beast. Yeah, he was a beast out there. He was, yeah, he was good. He was really good. That was yeah. He was unreal that year. Everyone, everyone that kind of played in the AHL and followed the AHL was always was all like, watch out for this kid because holy, holy moly. Oh, yeah, he was he. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing there. My next question: What was it like scoring on Jonathan Quick? That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was amazing. It was. Uh, I kind of. I don't even really have words for it. It was. It was really. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and then um, I guess we'll we'll close it off. We have a couple minutes left here, but um, your coolest kind of go-to story for from your hockey career that you've got. I don't know if I have the coolest go-to story. Uh, I have a you know a lot of you know a lot of kind of funny stories from you know pranks in junior to um, you know being snowed like the a the AHL that Northeast Division that was uh, it was pretty wild with the travel because you would just like one time we got snowed into St. John's uh, for ten days. And we couldn't, we were only supposed to be there for like four days. Um, in uh, Bridgeport, the hotels like in the forest and like one of the big snowstorms. And then these came in, we were snowed in to this hotel for five days. They couldn't, they we couldn't get out or anything for five days in this hotel. Um, you know, playing in China and going for a five day road trip and then ending the season six weeks on the road because this thing called COVID uh, didn't let us come back. And I still have stuff over there in China. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of wild kind of travel stories on, uh, uh, you know, but again, it's all part of the adventure. Um, it's, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of, Maybe not so much fun going through it at the time, but uh, looking back on it, uh, yeah, definitely puts a smile on my face. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're pretty much at time here. We could go on. I could go on for days asking you questions about uh, all this. Ethan, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck with the season. We'll be following along and uh, cheering on Kunlun this year. 
All right. I'm glad. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you.